0: So if you've ever wondered how important sleep actually is to your physical progress and health, today we're going to deep dive into some of the cascades that happen when we're even mildly sleep deprived. First though, I think we need to establish just some basic terminology. So our circadian rhythm, essentially this is waking when it's light, going to bed when it's dark out. It's what we were designed to do. Our circadian rhythm is what kind of controls our sleep-wake cycles, among other hormones. But we're just going to talk about the sleep-wake cycles today. So if this gets disrupted because we're not sleeping enough, our HPA axis, so the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, this is basically our brain and our adrenal glands communicating, and it plays an important role in our body's response to stress. So it controls things like our hormones, appetite stress control, body temperature, and that HPA axis cranks into overdrive. It's like, uh uh-oh, we didn't get enough sleep. So we're going to chat about what symptoms you're likely experiencing if you are sleep deprived. Another aspect of that circadian rhythm is the cortisol rhythm. So therefore, we're primarily controlled by these fluctuations in hormones throughout the day. So this just basically means that when sleep is down, stress goes up. Whether it be lack of quality sleep or lack of quantity of sleep, it's not only just detrimental to our health and internal functions, but also going to affect our progress, which we'll talk about. So some big symptoms that you're gonna likely see, the less we sleep, the less melatonin our body will naturally produce. That's an important part of that circadian rhythm. Melatonin gets produced, so we get tired at night. This is going to probably cause trouble for you because if you feel maybe wired and tired or like you don't get tired, even though your body is desperate for rest, the issue is just going to be exacerbated because you're not necessarily feeling tired when you should be sleeping. That leads us into our amygdala. So when we are awake during the day and we are sleep deprived, our amygdala kind of gets kicked also into overdrive. That is the part of the brain responsible for putting us into that fight or flight if there are perceived threats. And it's becoming very, very sensitive when we are sleep deprived. So this means a few things for us. One, this means that insulin sensitivity is decreased, which is a risk factor for things like diabetes, things like obesity, but it's going to cause us to have a harder time utilizing the food that we're eating. So glucose, it's going to get stuck in the blood. This is going to cause us to have unstable blood sugar. Also likely correlated to the increase in cortisol because when cortisol goes up, we are going to be depleted of a lot of essential electrolytes and minerals that help keep us stable. So our ability to utilize nutrients is changed because we aren't spending very much time in REM sleep. So, we've got a lot going on here, and that is not optimal, especially in terms of fat loss. But longevity wise, we want to be insulin sensitive. We want those fluctuations. When we eat something with carbs, we want our insulin to perceive that, but then we want our insulin to be able to go back down. If we have this blood sugar dysregulation, that is not good long-term. Another thing that happens when our fight or flight is kicked on, digestion is disrupted. So you'll notice if you did not sleep good, digestion slows down. It's not a priority when we are in that stressed state. So that's gonna lead to bloating, can lead to constipation. You're not gonna feel your best. This also can lead to mood dysregulation. So if you feel really instable, like, Things that wouldn't normally stress you out are all of a sudden really stressing you out. That's because our ability to manage stress, cortisol is cranked up, but our serotonin and our other hormones, so serotonin is a happy hormone, can cause us to have mood swings and basically not be able to hold as much stress. So it is a like rock in a hard place, essentially. So if you're feeling like, wow, I didn't get enough sleep and I'm just in like absolute hot dumpster fire today, that's why. It's also, when we are sleep deprived, this is gonna lead us to wanna depend on caffeine. We think we need this you know, because we're low on energy, so we go to caffeine for energy, and that is basically gonna compound the issue as well, because caffeine will suppress our natural energy, also dysregulate hormone production, which we're already struggling with, and kick up more cortisol. So, if you're having dysregulated blood sugar and you're having weird cravings and all these things, reaching for more caffeine is actually going to make the issue worse because our circadian rhythm does not need more cortisol to suppress things like melatonin, especially later in the day. So, we'll talk about how to manage these things, but just a couple more symptoms that can be correlated to sleep deprivation. So, if you're getting sick often, that is because Low sleep is correlated with decreased immune function. And I also really want to highlight that when we are underslept, under rested, leptin, which is our fullness hormone, decreases and ghrelin, our hunger hormone, increases. So if you are craving everything, you feel like you have insatiable hunger. Like, for example, if you catch a middle of the night flight, And you find that like, why am I starving at 5 a.m. when I would like never would normally eat at this time? It's because you didn't get as much sleep as you normally do. Leptin decreased, your fullness hormone decreased, your hunger hormones kicked up. And that's also a sign that your body basically didn't get enough recovery. Therefore, we're low on natural energy stores. We need more calories to try to combat that. So, if you have strong carbon sugar cravings, that's why. Another thing, and this is more correlated to our progress, is growth hormone is actually inhibited. So, if you're finding that one, you're obviously going to have low motivation to train and decreases in performance, we are going to also find that our ability to lose fat and gain muscle is inhibited significantly. Research actually showed, and there was a study I believe at University of Chicago that showed that those people who in the study who got less than six hours of sleep lost the majority of their weight from muscle. They were in a calorie deficit and they lost muscle. While those who got more than six and a half hours lost 81% of their weight from fat, which is what we want. We know the, the detriments Of losing muscle versus losing body fat on not just body composition, but on health and metabolism. So, that is not what we want. That same study also showed dieters lost 55% more body fat when they got eight hours of sleep instead of when they only got five hours of sleep. So, that means that more than half they lost 55% more body fat. So, that means the amount of time it would take you to lose the same 20 pounds would be twice as long given all other variables held the same if you were only sleeping five hours versus losing it twice as fast if you're getting eight hours of sleep. That is insane, guys. So we know that having a sleep deficit, whether it be from quality of sleep, you're waking up a ton, your sleep is disrupted, or quantity, so sleeping enough hours, it affects our hormones. This high cortisol with low sleep combination is going to just be an absolute dumpster fire. And so you're obviously going to be carrying more stress because you're not recovering. Sleep is when we rebound from all the stressors of the day. This is when our cells recharge, this is when our brain recharges, we need that time to essentially be plugging in our electric car or plugging in our phone at night. We cannot expect to function well running around on low battery all the time. So now that we know some of just even the very high level things that can happen when we don't get enough sleep, how can we start to improve our sleep? Not just the quality of sleeping through the night, but also our circadian rhythm. How can we regulate that so that we can naturally Have an easier time falling asleep at a decent time and waking up in the morning the way we were designed to. A couple things that will help us get our sleep back on track if you feel like you've gotten into a really poor sleep cycle habit. The first thing I wanna highlight, guys, is light. We can very much so support our circadian rhythms with light exposure during the day. Ideally, the best thing you can do is getting natural sunlight before noon, so as much as possible during the day. This signals dopamine and other hormones that can help wake us up, cue alertness, improve our mood, tons of other hormonal cascades, but it also helps to signal proper timing of the release of melatonin later in the day. So if we are getting exposure to sunlight as much as possible during the day, it's gonna help naturally reset those timings. We also want to make sure that we're limiting blue light, especially at night, especially after the sun goes down. So I use blue light blockers. If you're staring at screens all day, it's not good for our hormones. So if we can block some of that blue light, which signals alertness, not sponsored whatsoever. I just absolutely am obsessed with it. I do have an affiliate code. If you'd like to get your own, I will link it in the description. You can also use code LC. But the second thing is routine. Obviously, if we are on screens all day, watching TV all night, we're we're going to have a hard time falling asleep. So notice what helps you sleep and what doesn't. What keeps you up? What's disrupting your sleep on a regular basis? This may be alcohol. This may be too much blue light. This may be not enough movement or not enough time outside. If you're feeling wired when you maybe stay up watching TV or you're working late on your computer, but you rest and sleep really well when you read or take a walk before bed instead, take note of those things. Build a routine, a nighttime routine even, that is conducive to relaxation and priming you for sleep. We know how crucial sleep is, guys. We've got to take this seriously. That also ties in with sleep environment. Colder temperatures have been proven to improve sleep quality. If you are too hot, you will be waking up in the night. We also want to make sure that the room is dark. We know light is going to affect us. Please, please, please prioritize turning off lights, keeping it as dark as possible, um, room darkening curtains. I use an eye mask just to help block out anything because it will wake me up. I also love my weighted blanket. This is something that actually I've felt helps reduce anxiety, but at night I fall asleep so much easier. And I think it has to do with release of hormones. When you feel that weight, it's like a comfort. I also use a fan. So if you do wake up at night, this is another thing that can be helpful by using the red light. This will prevent any bright lights from signaling adrenaline that causes you to wake up when you like see a bright light in the middle of the night, if you go to the bathroom or you have little kids. So if you're somebody, especially maybe if you're you're nursing or you're having to do things in the middle of the night, utilizing red light instead of a typical light, like an LED, can be really helpful because that will actually not disrupt the melatonin production or signal you to wake up. We also wanna make sure we're not forgetting to mitigate stress during the day. So we know cortisol is number one offender right now in terms of disrupting our sleep. So if cortisol is already elevated, we're not going to be able to fall asleep. If we're constantly in that fight or flight, that's not conducive, obviously, to recovery, falling asleep, fat loss, progress. We need to learn how to manage that. We need to learn how to regulate. Without going too much down that rabbit hole, I did a whole podcast on nervous system regulation, but learning how to slow down. Learning how to relax, learning how to set boundaries, unplug, get ourselves back into that relaxed state. That's so, so crucial. And obviously the practical side of this is manage your caffeine intake, guys. Know your limits. I know, I recommend no more than 200 milligrams a day and that's on the high end. I am very sensitive to caffeine. So I know if I have caffeine later in the day, if I have too much, I will, one, be anxious as I'll get out, but I will not sleep well. So use it pre-training or utilize it earlier in the day, maybe mid-morning, but try to cut it off after 2, 3 p.m. Also, don't neglect movement. Tire yourself out. If you find that after a day where you're doing stuff outside, you're getting tons of sunlight, you sleep like a baby, there's a reason for that. I also recommend training earlier in the day. If you're trying to reset your sleep cycles or protect your sleep, I don't want you getting super worked up and training later in the day. Um, That seemed to work well for most who are trying to improve their sleep habits. And then also protecting your sleep can be disrupted by meal timing, allowing like two to three hours before bed for your body to digest your last meal. Blood sugar we know is going to be a big, it's going to play a big role in changes in sleep and waking. So we weren't meant to be eating at night. This signals our body to wake up. As long as we're getting enough calories throughout the day, you shouldn't have an issue with going just a little bit before you go to sleep. Having that fasting window overnight will actually improve your sleep because it allows our bodies and digestive systems time to have a break and recover. we're eating really late and digesting food, our sleep quality is going to be lower because digestion one isn't a priority. So you're going to wake up and probably feel heavy or feel bloated, but also it's going to cause your body to use energy for digestion when it should be using energy for other things like cellular repair and recovering other systems. So if you are struggling with your sleep, um, one simple, I don't like to rely on supplements, but I do like to utilize natural things that we may be deficient in. And if somebody is not getting good sleep, and I know that their their diet is there, their routine is there, it's possible that we're deficient in magnesium. So I like to, one, get that through diet as much as possible. But if not, supplementing with electrolytes or supplementing with a magnesium blend or spray Can help. One, we need a blend because that's going to be most bioavailable. Two, a spray can actually help because we are going to absorb the most through our skin. So if you want to rub that on even sore muscle groups before you go to bed, on your chest, on your feet, it's gonna help with magnesium absorption, which helps with our nervous system recovery, helps us get into more of a REM deep sleep, which we need. So sleep is crucial and I hope that these were helpful guys. This is by no means inclusive of everything that you can do to manage your stress. But if you're getting adequate sunlight throughout the day, you're eating nutrient dense foods, you're managing your stress, you know, you are getting your energy out throughout the day, movement, you're lifting. All of those things can help support obviously healthy hormones, and healthy hormones are going to set us up to have the best chance at a good night's sleep. So I hope this was helpful. Go ahead and share this on Instagram if you found it valuable and tag a friend, tag me. Um, And I would love to know what you guys want to hear on the podcast coming up. These are my favorite episodes to just kind of deep dive, give you guys a 30,000 foot overview of some things that you can maybe consider if you've been struggling with your sleep or been struggling with certain topics, I am all ears. So go ahead and shoot me a DM on Instagram and I'll catch you later.